Here at Doxadea Bloom, we are excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope that you enjoy today's message. Well, it's so nice having you here with me today as we are diving into week number two of our brand new series called Within Us. Really exciting series as it centers around this wonderful topic of Jesus, God's presence through the Holy Spirit, not just around us, but within us. Jesus prays this prayer on our behalf and He asks the Father that we would have the Spirit. It's in John chapter 14 and He asks that the Spirit would not just be with us, but that He would be in us. And we quickly looked at how powerful this principle is because Jesus went and walking around on this planet with all of His disciples around Him and um, they did quite some miraculous and amazing things. But we all know when the going got tough, they all got going and they were running and hiding. But then something changed. They were given the power of the Holy Spirit, God within them. And these 12 men hiding behind locked doors to save their lives now was willingly giving up their lives. So doing life without the power of the Holy Spirit, walking the Christian life, living the God quality life without the Holy Spirit is actually impossible. And that's the reason why we're diving into this topic as we're looking at Pentecost and we're around that time and season now in the church calendar and our journey together. And I really pray that as we're journeying through this, that your heart would be open for the working of the Holy Spirit, wherever you might find yourself today, whether it's with family or with friends, or maybe you're just sitting and watching this on your own and staying connected to this series with us. Wherever it is, I trust that you will experience God working. Now we've said we want to look at the Holy Spirit, what His role is and who He is by looking at four of the specific symbols used in the Bible to describe Him. And those are water, air, fire, and oil. And last week we looked at water and we saw how the Holy Spirit is the one behind the new birth. He is the power that gives new birth that makes us new. It's the spirit that gives birth to our spirit. And Jesus makes it very clear that we cannot enter into the kingdom of God unless we've been born again. Now this week, we're diving into the second symbol and that's the one of air. And in order to explain this a little bit better, I wanna ask you right there at home to do the following. Just take your hand like this, bring it up in front of your face and then breathe or speak. Just say a few words like, hi, I'm a cool guy, <laughs> whatever it may be. Just say something to yourself. Do you feel it? Can you feel something happening? Can you see? What's, can you see it? Most likely not. However, you can feel it. You know, when the Bible describes the Holy Spirit as air or as wind, it's, it's this mystery, something that we cannot always see with our own eyes, but we can feel its effect and sometimes even see the effect. That's the powerful picture of God's Spirit at work in a space that we can't always see, but we can see the effect of His work in our lives. The best thing that I like about air, by the way, is the fact that it's free. I don't know if you've noted that. You're not getting charged to breathe daily which is really amazing. <laughs> and it's really cool that it's a free gift because it's also a good gift. 
a good gift, the kind of gift that sustains life for you. And the reason why I think it's so cool is because when you go and look at this topic of air and how the Holy Spirit is compared to that, every single time we read about a beautiful free gift that we get with the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what I want to do today. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it's like a breath of fresh air that comes into you and you receive that gift. And I want us to look at the three specific spaces of gifts that we get as we allow God's Spirit to fill us. The first gift is the gift of life. The second one is the gift of power. And the last one is the gift of God. So let's dive into gift number one. When the Holy Spirit fills you, when you see that moment happening, you see you're receiving the gift of life. Now we have touched a little bit on this, but I want to point your attention to another aspect of this life that we get. And in order to do that, I want to take you to Genesis chapter 2. So you can read with me. It will be on the screen here. It's Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. God is busy creating and there's this beautiful moment where he talks about how life is breathed into humanity. Here he goes. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. Wow, what a powerful moment. Here we have a picture of a dead clay formed out of dust body, lifeless, and then one thing happens, God breathes and everything changes. Suddenly this dead body comes to life. Now we, we talked about the Holy Spirit giving us a new birth and we said that if we don't receive this new birth, we cannot see the kingdom of God and we also cannot enter into the kingdom of God. But not only does the Spirit do this, it doesn't just give us the capacity to see God's new kingdom and His new way of life and also enter into that and to become a part of it. He actually, and that's what we're reading here, He also empowers us to live that life. That breath of life animates this body for the very first time. I mean, think about it for a moment. When you see a new baby being born, when did they really start enjoying the life that they are receiving? Well, when they take their first breath. And when does that life end? When they're no longer animated? Well, when they breathe their last breath. It's literally the Spirit of God, the breath, the Ruach, that keeps humanity alive, keeps them going. The gift of life is locked up within the power of the Spirit, and not just on a physical sense, also in a new creation sense. And I quickly want to show you guys that because it's so powerful to see what Jesus is doing because Jesus is just like imitating this whole first creation work where Adam comes alive as God breathes into him. He's doing this whole same thing. You see the same story happening right after the resurrection. So it's in John chapter 20. Jesus is resurrected. He just conquered death. He is the prototype. Everybody sees how's the new picture of God's creation going to look. Here it stands before us, Jesus. Resurrected, physical body with great abilities and amazingness. But that's the picture. And the first thing that he does when he reaches his disciples behind closed doors, he tells them, peace be with you. It just puts their fears Grace 
and make them still. And then for a second time, he says again, peace be with you. And this here in verse 21, I want to read it with you because I want you to see what he's doing. He's saying, Jesus again said to the disciples, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So it's like, I came on a mission. I'm sending you on a mission. And then after he said that, verse 22, and with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I've always wondered how that moment will look. It probably would have been very strange and funny. Here's Jesus standing in front of a big crowd and he's like, <sighs> imagine that space. I mean, the guys were like, what are you doing, Jesus? But guys, when you realize Jesus is busy creating, he's sending the creating spirit, the spirit that executed all of creation. I asked you guys at the beginning to put your hand in front of your mouth and speak. The Bible tells us that God spoke the whole world into existence. Do you see what's happening the moment you speak? What comes out? Your spirit, your ruach. That's kind of the picture that's happening here. And Jesus breathes new life and he starts a brand new thing and empowers them for a brand new journey, a new life, a new mission. They're sent out. Wow, first gift. Because of Jesus, through the Spirit, we can experience and be empowered to live the new, new life. Number two is the gift of power. Now, this is usually when people think about the Holy Spirit, the one that many people get excited about. And then some people are a little bit cautious towards. But it's real. It's there. It's Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where Jesus says the following to his disciples. That's you and me. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and he will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So with the Spirit, there's this promise of power. And when, whenever we think about it, we usually think about fire. But I actually want to read you the portion of Scripture that you can see what happened the moment the power was seen, the moment that building was flooded and filled with the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit. Listen, read with me. It's Acts chapter 2. This moment actually happens with the disciples. And it says the following. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. The Holy Spirit arrives with a powerful breath of fresh air, if I can say it like that. It's a violent wind. It's a powerful wind. If you've ever seen any pictures like a hurricane or, or a twister or whatever it may be, then you, you really know that wind can be very, very powerful. That's how he shows up. There's this empowering moment. That we, we experience the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And then after that, we read that they saw something that seemed like tongues of fire. This is a reference to God's presence, His manifest presence that we see when He filled the tabernacle and when He filled the temple. And now God says, I'm filling my people. I'm living in them, my power, my sustaining, life-giving, manifesting power will live within my body. The church, that's the picture. 
That's the moment. And then he tells us about something amazing. They all started speaking in all kinds of tongues and everybody heard the gospel for the first time. And that day, more than 3,000 people came to salvation. What a, what a powerful moment. I always think back on that moment and I think, wow, 3,000. I've, I've preached, but I've never had 3,000 people at once coming to Jesus. I've never seen that. I mean, that's remarkable by itself in my own journey and in my own life. However, when it comes to the power of the Spirit, I always ask people this question because I think many people miss the core. And here's the question. What is at the heart? What is at the core of the power of the Holy Spirit? The answer is quickly, well, I think it's the miraculous gifts. It must be the miracles that the Holy Spirit does. When I'm thinking about the power of the Spirit manifesting, I'm thinking about miracles happening, legs growing, the supernatural gift of tongues being spoken or prayer. And um, I'm thinking about the miraculous. And then I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, yes, guys, it's a part of the power. But if I can explain it like this, what you're talking about there, those gifts are basically just conductors. They're like little copper wires that takes the real power from the power station to that lamp and lights it up that you can really see. You see, the heart and the core of the power of the Spirit is the truth. That is the power that comes from the power central, which is Jesus himself. And it comes and sets people free as we see the truth that God is the creator God. He can do anything. And that's when we see miraculous works. We see creation work taking place in people's lives, things that only the Creator Himself can do. We see the power of God in that way, in that moment. To better explain it, when we look at this moment in Acts chapter 2, 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus in one moment. It's miraculous. But let me tell you what's even more unbelievable is if you understand the background. We just said that Jesus' disciples, after he got um, killed and they were all fearing for their lives, hiding away in rooms, thinking they're next. They're filled with fear. That's the picture. That means if I believe in Jesus, my destiny equals the cross. I'm fearing for my life. So publicly, nobody must know. Even Peter himself denied Jesus three times to try and save his own life. If anyone would know that I follow Jesus, I'm dead. That's the picture. And here we see 3,000 people publicly stating in front of a whole city that just witnessed 80 days further back that Jesus was killed because of what he did. A whole group of people, 3,000, publicly proclaiming and confessing that they follow Jesus. Do you know what they're saying? They're saying, I'm ready, come and kill me. 3,000 people saying that. Now I ask you, do you think it's because they hear someone speaking in their mother tongue that they're willing to die? Listen, I'm Afrikaner boy guy. I grew up Afrikaans. And let me tell you, I'm not going to give my life just because you speak Afrikaans. It has nothing to do with the supernatural gift. That's just the conductor. It has to do with the power that came through that gift. And here it is. They saw for the very first time the truth through the power of the Holy Spirit. They saw that truth, that Jesus is who we said he is. And he makes you new. 
and he conquered death. And as long as I'm with him, death is not the final say over my life. Do you see what gives us the power to say, death, where is your sting? It's when we see the truth. I love this verse, Jesus himself saying, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Another verse that we quote so quickly is, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But that you know that there's this beautiful verse that says in 2 Corinthians, that says the spirit unveils our hearts to see. With unveiled face, now we can see the truth. And then the verse right after that says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The spirit is the one that reveals the truth. The heart and central part, the core of the power of the spirit is the truth. That's the gift and it can be yours. Brings me to my last gift, the gift of God. Probably one of the most power and prob uh, powerful things as well as most overlooked gifts when we come to the Holy Spirit. I want to read it to you. On that same day that Peter and the Holy Spirit was poured out and Peter preached his first sermon and he basically said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far away. So what is he saying? saying the moment you enter into a covenant relationship with Jesus, you get access to the promised gift of a person called the Holy Spirit. Guys, the greatest gift after being a child of God is to be able to walk with Him on a daily basis in His presence, is to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, not the gifts, the gift, the person himself. And here I wanna encourage you, I wanna tell you this, and I hope really if there's one thing that drops in our hearts today, it's this. If you embrace the person, with him comes the power and with him comes the presence of life. All of those things come with him. Embrace the person, embrace the gift of the Holy Spirit. God himself in you. He breathes him out. His living presence is breathed into you. And you carry that glory with you because of the covenant that you have with Jesus. Now I know what I'm saying for some people might be very scary. I actually once had a conversation with a young lady and she looked at me and after I asked her about the power and the filling of the Holy Spirit, what do you think about those gifts and stuff? And she was like, oh, no, don't talk to me about that freaky stuff. She used a few other words, but it wasn't too excited about it. And then I thought, yes, let me just quickly ask you three questions and help to guide her to a place where you guys can all see it's such a beautiful thing. So I asked her firstly, who do you think is the one that fills us? with the Holy Spirit, who gives us access to this. Well, we read about it. Jesus says it to his disciples. He says, I will ask the Father and the Father will send the Holy Spirit to you. And the Spirit, by the way, will remind you of everything that I taught you. You see how the Trinity works so beautifully together? However, in this beautiful story, the access for us is in Jesus. We ask 
Jesus. That's the way we get the Holy Spirit. It's as easy as that. Now the Bible does tell us that leaders and people can lay their hands on you and pray with you. That's just basically agreeing with you about this gift that you have access to, this relationship that you can enjoy and step into because of Jesus' final price. Jesus died so that you can have this, just by the way. Someone can pray with you, but let me tell you, no one can order the Holy Spirit around. He's God. It's only through Jesus that we can make a claim on this gift. Now, if we've answered that question, the one that fills us, the answer is very clear, it's Jesus. The second question is, is there anything in this world do you think that Jesus would like to give you that is not good, that's not good for you? Well, that answer is a clear and a resounding no. Jesus only wants good for all of his kids. In fact, he even goes as far as making everything bad work together for good for those who love him. So it's clear, Jesus only wants good things for you. Third question, why they not receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? I know it might be strange and it might be a little bit weird and a bit out of this world, but guess what? Jesus was out of this world and he came into it and now he's sending his spirit. Yes, it's going to be out of this world, but let me tell you, it is good. And I want you to read it with me. I want you to see how Jesus says it himself. It's such a famous portion of scripture. It's Luke chapter 11, verse 11, and he says the following. We all know the scripture, but I think so many of us read past the fact that the good gift God gives is his Holy Spirit. Read with me. It says the following. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, you got that one, guys? Very famous portion. will give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. And then he says, if you then, though you are evil, basically we're an evil bunch, that's what he says, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? There you have it. Give the Holy Spirit, the promised gift, can be yours. How do you get it? Scripture tells us so beautifully in this moment. You just ask. It's not the super Christians. It's not the faithful Christians. It's not those that can quote the Bible. It's those that believe that God wants to give them this gift through Jesus. And all you have to do is ask that your Father give you a good thing. I want to end today with a moment and an opportunity for you to probably pray one of the most ancient prayers in the church. Very simple, very easy. And just invite the powerful manifest presence of the Spirit to fill you. And it's so easy. So right there where you are, why not just close your eyes for a moment and we're just going to pray and we're going to invite the Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.